Anderson County Solid Waste is here to serve and help. 260-1001. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. show every Wednesday night right here on the Roar and we are simulcast over on the Roar's Facebook page. Come hang out with us over there. We simulcast the show from the Prong Studios in Greenville, South Carolina so you can see the video portion of the show on the Roar's Facebook page or you can listen to the Roar as always whether in your car, on the app, in an internet browser. However you consume the show, we really appreciate you. Mark Childress here with Richmond Weaver. We've got Fax and Childress here in uh, the Prong Studios producing and Alex Wisnett back in Mission Control in Clemson is uh, producing back there. Hey, if you did not hear, Clemson splitting a doubleheader. First home games ever in the history of Clemson softball. Losing game one, 2 nothing, Winning game two, 8 to nothing. Behind an 11-strikeout, no-hit performance from Logan Kamal. I believe that moves the Tigers to 3-4 and four on the softball season. But most importantly, you get that first home win and set some history as part of that. And then again, we'll be giving way right around 8-25, 8-26 this evening. Uh, Clemson taking on the Pittsburgh Panthers and what is fast becoming a must-win game for the Tigers. And keeping our eye on one of the other ACC matchups that's important. Boston College getting blasted by Miami at half. Miami just a three-win team so far in the conference. Boston College one game ahead of the Tigers right now. So they are 6-7. and seven. They would drop to 6-8 and eight if they were to lose. If Clemson could win tonight against Pitt, they would move to 6-8. and eight. That could be a big uh, bonus for the Tigers if Boston College would go down this evening. Man, that middle of the ACC just, you know, toss a coin every night. Who knows what's going to happen? I know. And it seems like every year it comes down to this. I mean, in all the yeah. conferences, it's, you know, the 80 20 rule 80 percent is middle of the pack 10 mm-hmm. percent is the elite and then you've got the 10 percent of the bottom yeah. and clemson needs to be in that upper third of the 80 percent and they to be able to get to there they've got to get a win tonight yes at pittsburgh and that's going to be tough on the road in the acc they're only one in five mm-hmm. this year so i mean this is going to be a tough task that one win at north carolina which uh, again broke a streak it doesn't matter but north carolina if miami wins tonight is by themselves in the basement of the ACC. Who would have thought that? Nobody would have thought that. No. Especially not this year. No. So uh, North Carolina, I know it was a couple days ago. I hadn't had a chance to hang out with Richmond since then. North Carolina and Duke playing on Saturday night. I believe the game started at 6 o'clock. North Carolina dominates the entire game. I believe they're up 13 points with two minutes and one second left. And I'm sure everyone's seen the highlights now with a crazy comeback. All the missed uh, free throws by North Carolina. The intentionally missed free throw. By uh, by Duke, where yeah. they get the rebound, and Jones gets the put back to go to overtime, and then Jones missing the buzzer beater at the end of uh, overtime, and Wendell Moore putting in the layup as time expires. All those games are classics between Duke and North Carolina. Have you seen a weirder ending to regulation of a basketball game than that, especially on a big stage like that? It's really hard to think of one. Well, you can go back to the Clemson North Carolina game where they were yes. Clemson was down by ten with two minutes to go yes. and made the comeback and in overtime and mm-hmm. Clemson had a chance to actually win it in regulation just mm-hmm. missed some free throws right. but then was able to win in overtime but it's not only did Duke 
make the comeback right there with you know four minutes or whatever it was to get to overtime. But then in overtime, they were down by five with 20 seconds oh, to that's go. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it was like two miracles in one game. Yes, and it just continues to showcase that in basketball. I mean, that's the rivalry uh, beyond any other mm-hmm. uh, rivalry in college basketball, and it just adds to the excitement. Considering this was a North Carolina team that obviously nobody was expected to be in the position uh, that they are, no. as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. they could they have a potential of being in sole possession of last place in the ACC, yep. and they're a talented team. Now they've had some injuries, obviously, uh, and they're young, and they don't have a true leader on the team, especially from an upperclassman uh, standpoint, but. They're still talented enough, and it's Roy Williams. He's a good coach. Now, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. We debate this. Yes, yes, he's a good coach. But you saw some some times where there was a little some chips uh, or chinks in the armor uh, per se that he missed some opportunities and got out coached uh, a few times. And I mean, when you're going against Mike Shashevsky, that's you know very hard to do in itself. But yes, that's again that's a game you got to win though mm-hmm. at home up by 13 with only a few minutes to go. I mean, you got to put that game away, but that's just North Carolina this year. There's not a team that's built to do that. And especially, I'm surprised that more teams aren't pressing them the whole game because Clemson did that mm-hmm. right there at the end of the game and made that comeback. Duke did it right there at the end of the game and made their run as well. I'd be pressing North Carolina the whole time. Uh, now, with Cole Anthony coming back, that does, you know, help North Carolina. But still, I just don't think they're a good uh, team to handle the press. Really interesting times in the ACC this year. And you've got Louisville at the top of the conference. I think Louisville is, I'm not looking ahead, but Louisville is ripe to get beat. They are ripe to get beat. And they're coming to Little John on Saturday. So maybe the uh, Tigers can get a little bit of momentum going. I did see a couple of stats uh, on the game, right? Pitt, as you mentioned earlier, uh, does not shoot the three-pointer very well. Now, Clemson doesn't shoot it very well either. But the Pitt guards really like to drive and penetrate. Don't shoot as many threes. Can you keep them out of the lane? I feel like Clemson is a really good defensive team. I really like the way Trap plays defense. I think Dawes is playing a lot better defense. He, he played really well on the defensive end against Notre Dame. Can you keep those guys in front of you and out of the lane? I think that would serve them well. Pitt is a terrible rebounding team. Mm-hmm. Clemson's not a great rebounding team either. So uh, the weaknesses, I guess, are kind of the same. So can Clemson find a way to get there? I think with Sims back in the lineup, and I really think if Sims would have been in the lineup against North uh, Notre Dame, that Clemson probably would have won that game because between uh, with Jemison was just so limited offensively, and uh, they kept pulling him out also, and he was having trouble with the guys on the perimeter. Now he, I thought he played a pretty good game for him, and he's getting there uh, on the offensive end, but you know replacing him with Sims for at least. 25 minutes of that game, I think would have played a big difference. Agreed. Yep. Yeah, it, it definitely would have helped. And because Jimison right now, I, I think he's also, and it's crazy to say that we're this far into basketball season, yes. but there were times he was gassed mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and it showed. And But that's, that is the difference. And people talk about, you know, when the red light goes on, it's a different game when it's your 
out on the court and it's game time versus practice. Yeah. And just mentally, it's different. Physically, it becomes different because it's mentally different. Mm-hmm. And your body is taxed a little bit more. And uh, obviously, you're competing to a, a little bit to a different level. Yes. And, uh, and you could see that with Jim uh, Jimison. But he's got a lot of potential because, again, he's got something that you can't coach. I mean, you can't teach. And that's size. Oh, he's, a, he's a beast. Right? Yeah. And he's Dude's in the weight built. room probably right now. Yeah. He's probably in the weight room warming <laughs> up for the game. That guy is just an absolute monster in there. And then uh, Alex Hemingway was uh, a joy to watch. Uh, you know, he had the high ankle sprain early in the season. Indiana kid. Just a pure shooter, man. He gets rid of that ball so quick. So fast. And I really liked, I mean, I don't know if he was given the green light or he just always, I mean, literally, it was catch ball, shoot ball the entire second half for Hemingway of the basketball game. And that really is what kept Clemson in it. And hopefully he can keep that confidence up. You know, we saw Hunter Tyson have a huge breakout game earlier this year. Haven't really seen the same offensive uh, from him. We've, we've seen Mac had, what, 32 points yeah, in uh, the big ball game against Syracuse. He's stepped back offensively since then. Hopefully we don't see the same pattern where Hemingway went for, what, 16, 17 points in that game. Love to see him hit double figures again. I mean, you can see the pieces for Clemson. Can you get it dialed in? Can you get that road win and then find a way to slow down Louisville on Saturday? Yes. Yes, they can. Yes, they can on the road. Again, Mm -hmm. they haven't played well on the road in the ACC this year. But this is a team that they can beat because it's it's going to parlay right into where Clemson is offensively. Yes. this is going to be a 60 to 58 type of game, mm-hmm. somewhere around in there. And can Clemson make uh, some key shots? And can Clemson hit free throws? That's mm-hmm. another thing that has been better, better the last few games. They lost been, them. But it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. you know, it's can how consistent can they be from the free throw line? Because I think there, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some fouls called in this game as well. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. If you haven't heard, Braves fans don't know really uh, what you want to hear here, but uh, Cole Hamels, of course, uh, the Braves brought him in as the uh, the veteran, uh, one-year, $18 million deal, um, irritated his pitching shoulder doing some ball exercises today. Pitchers and catchers reporting in Major League Baseball today for the first time. And I don't know if he was going to be the ace of the staff, but he is the veteran on the staff. He's replacing uh, Dallas Keuchel from last year. You need him to eat some innings. I was excited to have him there. They're saying three to four weeks now, so you might be talking about him not being in the rotation for the first two or three uh, weeks of the season. Again, Dallas Keuchel didn't didn't come in for the Braves last year until about the halfway point in the year. But you really wanted Hamels out of the game because the Braves have a lot of young, live arms that they're trying to slowly bring along. You're going to have to stuff somebody else in there. Maybe LeVon Hernandez or uh, maybe uh, the uh, some of the other pickups in the offseason that you can move in there. Um, or possibilities. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I know you're not a big Braves fan, but I saw the Hamels news today. So deflating. I'm always super positive about my Braves. So I'm like, hey, one of the young guns is going to step up. It's uh, King Felix. I said LeVon Hernandez earlier. I meant King Felix. The Braves signed to a minor league deal. Maybe he can get in there and eat some innings. Yeah, it's going to be good to watch. You're already, uh, it seems like you're buying into that this is a much more serious injury 
then maybe it is. Well, they're saying three weeks. I mean, when, when you're an older pitcher, you know, it just always makes me nervous. And when I hear shoulder, it always makes me nervous. So even if not, you're not going to have him there at the beginning, right? And you signed him in the offseason. Hamels is a guy that you want, you know, going out there and making his 26 starts or whatever this year. So you know he's going to miss, what, three starts at least to start the year? Then you're probably going to have him on a pitch count. So maybe you don't have him until mid-May. I when, is, when is opening day? Opening day is early uh, August or early April. Early me. April. Yeah. He, he should be fine. Three weeks into this. I, again, I know I know we're leading towards a 162-game season, but any time you've got one of your go-to guys out for even three weeks, that can make a big difference. And I think this Braves team, I mean, the Phillies, I think, got better. The Nats got better. The Mets certainly got better, right? I think the Braves are still a playoff team this year, but you want to come out and you want to start. I think it might be a well. blessing in disguise. Maybe so. Because I like it. I, he's a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. How much does he have to be? Performing uh, right there at the beginning of the season, can he? Does this allow him to actually get a little bit more rest and maybe then have a, a bit more productive regular season? I like where you're going with this. The, I like the I'm positivity. Positive. I like the positivity. Okay, and I'm positive as well. Yeah, I just don't like to see it. Yeah, you're a grumpy old man right the now. The first piece of Braves news with pitchers and catchers reporting that I see is that Cole Hamels hurt his shoulder today. He's out for a couple weeks. Of the regular season. That that was deflating. It's a couple of weeks. But I'm still all. positive. Braves going to the playoffs this year. <laughs> they are. They like, they, Ozuna. You got Ozuna in there, even though you lost. I, I'm excited about the Braves. We'll have plenty of time to talk about them. Hey, let me tell you about my good buddy, uh, Rivers Whitmire. Rivers is a realtor at J.W. Martin Real Estate. He focuses on Lake Hartwell and Lake Kiowe. But if you want to buy a home, sell a home anywhere in the upstate of South Carolina, Rivers can help you. I believe he just closed uh, or um, got an offer and uh, is closing on a house in Seneca, I believe, that I saw recently. Constantly uh, helping folks buy and sell their homes in the upstate. You want to check him out if you are in the market. Maybe you've just got a question, right? When's the right time to list? How do I uh, get my home ready to show? What should I do? What should I not do to get ready? Reach out to my buddy Rivers Whitmire, 864-752-5545 on Facebook at Rivers Whitmire-Realtor. Again, Rivers Whitmire, 864-752-5545. Hey, uh, a little bit time left here. We're doing an extra long segment since we're going to go till about 825, 826 when we will give way to Mr. Don Munson. And Tim Beret from up in Pittsburgh for the Clemson uh, Pitt game tonight. If you want to get in, 654-7627, is where to go. And then again, softball with a big win today. I mean, it's a great, uh, great time for the Tigers. I'm with you. I'm totally getting in now to college basketball because I know you're a big basketball guy. I haven't gravitated over the NBA hardly over at all this year, which is still interesting to me. Um, my Hawks have not been playing super well. Maybe the NBA All-Star Game will drag me in this weekend, and I'll get a little bit more uh, excited about that. But college basketball is getting going. This is going to be one of the weirdest and most wide-open tournaments, it feels like. With all the turnover, you had so many number ones getting beat this year. You're not seeing the stalwarts uh, that you usually see up at the top being the top four seeds. You know, it's not going to be Kansas and Duke and all. Those guys are up there, but you're seeing Seton Hall up there. You're seeing Gonzaga up there. San Diego State is playing really well this year. Um, Dayton is up there in the top. I mean, there's some teams that you're not used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the San Diego States and the Daytons of yes. the world. And do not sleep on San Diego State. They're really it's good. Hard. They haven't lost yeah, yet. I mean, they haven't lost yet. I know, but uh, I'm in terms of even 
even being able to make a run in the yep. NCAA tournament. Um, but Kansas is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, Seton Hall could sneak in there, yes. which that's exciting. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've always still remember the days of the Big East and yep. Seton Hall with P.J. Carlissimo mm-hmm. there as a the head coach. Uh, but it'll still be some of the usual suspects. I, I know that uh, people like to see some of the Cinderellas, but at the end of the day, you know, those, those top eight teams, again, maybe a San Diego State mm-hmm. sneaks in there, but I don't see Dayton. They're not going to have the firepower to actually make a, a deep run like that, even though they're okay. a really good team. Yeah. Uh, but it's this is the time where, I mean, you're, you'll start seeing some separation, especially mm-hmm. uh, as, you know, like even Kansas and West Virginia is playing tonight, and I think it's a big game for West Virginia because oh yeah, West they, Virginia was leading at half. Okay, yep. so mm-hmm. West Virginia is another team that is sneaky, but they've for the past you know week and a half they've um, not been playing well, mm-hmm. and you know can they get it going again? Where Kansas, they really have been playing well. I mean they haven't lost what three games, but they've been playing. They lost their games all before January. So yes. I mean Kansas is playing really well right now. So uh, they will. Be be there. And then the other one, though, that you really is coming out of left field for a lot of people is Baylor. Yes. I mean, what they've been able to do. Mm-hmm. And that is a solid team. Now, again, Baylor was good last year. And just people not considering Baylor as a team that could put it together for multiple seasons. And Scott Drew's showing that he can definitely be able to do that. Do you like to see, I mean, they always talk about how the first weekend you want to see all the Cinderella's and then the final four, you want to see all the big, the big names yeah, right? that have always been there before. Happens. I don't know if you're going to see the big names this year, right? I mean, unless you get some upsets and things like that, it just seems like this could really be wide open this year where you go through that first weekend and maybe some ones and twos and threes get beat and then suddenly it's fruit basket turnover. And the idea of that, you know, especially of our team, the Clemson Tigers, are going, they got a lot of work to do if they want to go to the NCAA tournament. If Clemson's not going to be in it, I just assume it just get chaotic. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Chaos. We chaos. want chaos. Yes, we do. Right. Well, yes, we do. It would almost have, almost have to be chaos for Clemson to make the NCAA tournament right now. Yes. And that chaos would be an ACC tournament. So there is still a shot. You never yes. know. Get hot at the right time. Make a, make a run in the uh, ACC tournament and get an automatic bid, what a crazy season that would be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, why but not? Why not, right? So we're staying positive. Yep. You already <laughs> beaten Duke, and you're going to have two top ten teams. You'll have Louisville at home and Florida State at home. I mean, there, there's a path, right? There's you got to have those marquee wins. It's, it's, and that's what's hurt Clemson, I feel like, a couple of times when they've been on the bubble before is they didn't have those. I mean, you could potentially, you would have the ability to beat a couple of other top ten teams, and I think that really separates you from the pack when it comes down to it on the bubble. But like you said, they got a lot of work to do to even get on the bubble. Yeah, it just hurts that the year that they beat North Carolina is a year that North Carolina. <laughs> Does is, it matter though? I mean, the good. streak is broken. No, so I agree with that. Yes, but I'm ter- in terms of. Typically, that's a big win, regardless of streak or not. Right. Right. I get now, what you're saying. Normally, like, that would be a that's top That's not 15. even a quad one win now. No. And Jeez. that's what's frustrating, you know, as you're looking at it from that perspective. But I'm wanting to see, again, in the tournament, we always are talking about some of these Cinderella teams that, you know, make these runs. But you're starting to see the parity in college basketball. Mm-hmm. There, Where these mid-majors, they're good teams, and they can make some runs. I mean, you're seeing the Daytons. You're seeing the San Diego States. And I think you're going to continue to see some of those teams that are not going to be necessarily one and done, you know, one season, and that's it. Right. 
Outside of the fact, though, that what happens, though, and why they can't have the staying power is because the coaches, they leave. Right. They get snatched up by other programs, the elite programs or the in the power five conferences. If you want to you know, view it from a football perspective, yeah. it's those type of teams that come in and grab a coach that's hot. And then it's back to the drawing board for these mid-majors. That's why it's hard for them to get over the hump and stay over the hump and have a consistent program because the coaching staff turnover. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch. And then, uh, you know, Furman is having another great season. They got their 20th win. It's the first time in school history that they've won 20 or more games for four seasons in a row. I think what Bob Ritchie's doing over there is great. They are tied for first in uh, the Southern Conference. They are beating Samford this evening. That would move them to 11-2 and two in the SoCon. And I believe it's since 1980 since Furman went to uh, the NCAA tournament, believe it or not. So there's a path for them if they can find a way to win the Southern Conference tournament this year. But that's if- a really stacked league because I think ETSU is a really good team. Yes. I think Furman's a really good team. You could argue that UNC Greensboro and Wofford are both good enough to potentially get there type thing. So, uh, But that's probably going to be a one big league. One big league when you get the Big Ten with, you know, they're talking about there could be ten Big Ten teams. That I know. Well, and the Big Ten. That's frustrating. Well, yeah, if you're one if of you're the firm, mid-majors. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But Big Ten probably does deserve it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good teams there. Do you know the last Big and Ten team to win the national title last big 10 that is going to be michigan state uh with tom Izzo, but i can't I'm, yeah, what was that like late 90s no late 90s? that was in 2000 was it early 2000s yes uh mateen please yeah I don't remember what year that was, but yeah, that was the last. It's been a while. It has been a while. You're closing in on 17, 18 years probably since they won one. There's no Big Ten team since then. And I don't think a Big Ten team's going to win it this year either, though, even though they've got a deep conference. Maybe they might get a million of them in there, yeah. So we shall see. Again, an abbreviated version of the show this evening. We're going to give way to Clemson basketball. We'll be rooting hard for them against the Pitt Panthers tonight. Thank you, Richmond Weaver. Anytime. As yes. always, for hanging As out always, with yes. me. We'll be back next Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. This has been the Mark Childress Show. service and maintenance on your 